0: En The Home Depot puedes encontrar soluciones de almacenamiento que se adapten a tus necesidades, como estantes industriales Husky con una capacidad de carga de hasta 2.500 libras por estante. Así que sí, puedes soportar el peso de tus pesas, herramientas, cajas con todos tus recuerdos y más porque el sistema de almacenamiento adecuado debe ajustarse a lo que tú necesitas. Ahorra más con hasta 25% menos en almacenaje seleccionado por internet. The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington DC, you are on the hill. Tom Fitzgerald here with you. We thank you once again for joining us. Doug Weed is a best-selling New York Times author and he is out with a new book looking at the inner workings of, of the Trump White House. Doug Weed, welcome down On the Hill.
1: Thank you, Tom. Great to be with you.
0: So tell, tell us about the book and your operating idea going into it.
1: I wanted to capture primary sources. I'm a lifelong student of history. I've interviewed six American presidents and uh, six uh, First Ladies from seven of the different families, and 24 children of Presidents, which is more than anybody I know of in all of history. Mm -hmm. And so I know the value of a primary source, and I'm reading all of these books, anonymous uh, sources and secondhand and thirdhand sources, and just driving me up the wall. I think history's gonna wanna know, what did they say? Mm -hmm. So I appealed. Uh, to to write that book, I told Ivanka Trump, uh, every president has an oil portrait. Every president can have an official history written. I would like to write that history. So you you didn't want a gossip book. You didn't want
0: a book that you know kind of talked about uh, gossipy things. You wanted to find out exactly from the individual players in this White House the who, <laughs> what, where, and why, and how this operates
1: how this White House works. Yes and yes. I yeah. I wanted gossip too. You wanted gossip too. I wanted or, yeah, their yeah. gossip. I right. wanted to know what did the president say about this, not what did somebody say they overheard somebody who overheard the president say about this. I wanted to know what Ivanka thought, what Jared thought, what Tiffany, nobody had interviewed Tiffany since her father had been elected president. What did she think? How could she describe the dinner at Buckingham Palace? I wanted all the details, raiding the refrigerator in the middle of the night. Nine- at the White House, what do they watch on Netflix? I wanted everything, but also the big substantive issues too.
0: This White House and this administration has not exactly been enamored of uh, the media or many of the authors who, who have approached it. How did you get this entree into dealing with this White House, especially because you know some some of the authors who've dealt with them kind of backfired on them, I'm thinking about Michael Wolfe, you know,
1: Fire yep. and Fury. Yep. And the short answers, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they, took a, <laughs> they took a year to vet me. They said, okay. Then after they said, okay, I didn't get access to the president or some of the family until a little, uh, they had done a little more vetting. And then finally, it was like a light switch going off. The president... Mm-hmm decided, Okay. yes, I'm going to let him write the book. I'm going to let him tape record me. I'm going to all of that. I walk in the Oval Office one day and he's holding these papers, waving them above his head. And he says, this is my private correspondence with Kim Jong-un. They don't want Mm -hmm. you to see this, but I'm going to let you read it. You can't have it. You can't photograph it, but I'm going to let you read it. Mm -hmm. And he set aside a room in the White House for me where I could sit and read that correspondence and the interviews began and it was a hoot,
0: it was really fun. So, how does this White House work? Because on the outside, it can look, you know know this, it can look frenetic, it can look at times kind of moment to moment and, you know, live and die by the tweet of the day. What are the inner workings like? Is Mick Mulvaney a strong Chief of Staff? Is he the Chief of Staff or is the President himself actually running the day-to-day operations
1: this president is more hands-on than any i have seen and i've worked in the white house for uh for some i've had presidents in my home multiple times starting with jimmy carter and gerald ford and all the way up to present time uh there's nobody that i've known quite like this he's hands-on i asked him uh Uh, how did you move the embassy to, I just moved it to Jerusalem, you know? Yeah, but six presidents before you said they'd do it and they swore they'd do it. And George W. Bush said, I'm gonna do it the first day I'm president because he was so mad at Clinton. And none of them did it. Why did you do it? And uh, he said, well, he said, there are two things we wanted, peace in the Middle East and to move the embassy. And I noticed they never get peace in the Middle East and they never move the embassy. So when he became president, immediately he was told by uh, Macron, by Erdogan, by world leaders, if you move that embassy, there will be a war. A hundred thousand people will die. He examined the risk. He took the risk. He moved the embassy. There was no war.
0: Now, what do you attribute that to because of the fact that Donald Trump, the person coming from the business world, is used to being the head of the Trump organization? And when the head of the Trump organization says, do something, it gets done. Is he trying to bring that style or has he brought that style now to how a White House operates when, you know, George W. Bush, you know, says that. But yet then the Pentagon weighs in, the State Department weighs in, foreign experts weigh in, um and it doesn't get done. Is,
1: is, is that the operating difference here? There's a, that's a, you know, a very complicated question, Tom, and and there are three answers, and I'll do them as fast as I can. But uh, number one, uh, he's been waiting all his life to do this. Ivanka and Don Jr. and Eric describe being little children crawling under his desk when he's ripping up the New York Times so furious over this article, and he circles it with a magic marker, and he puts pastes it to cardboard, and he fires that this is before the internet. He's filing this stuff. He's outraged by what the government is doing for years. So he's finally got a chance to do something. Well, I mean, it.
0: I can say I, remember I had a day with him before he was a presidential candidate where he was out at his golf course in, uh, in Loudoun County, Virginia. And we had gone out there to do just a feature story on Donald Trump, you know, at this golf course that he was trying to kind of, roll out in a larger profile after many renovations had been done on and, and all he wanted to talk to me about that day was the Star Treaty. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. uh, he was out there, you know, basically to sell golf club memberships. Yeah. But all he really wanted to talk about that day for the most part was the Star Treaty. He didn't like it and he had concerns about how the United States were going to be able to put a position that would put it at a disadvantage. He didn't like the deal. And that was the language that he was using that day and it was language I heard echoed later on when he took on the Iran uh, nuclear disarmament.
1: The right. other thing he has going for him, uh, his strength and weakness both, is he doesn't have an army that's been with him when he ran for the Senate, when he ran for the House, when he became governor. Uh, I've experienced that with presidents I've worked for and gone into the White House. You go in with the whole army. That, but not only does the president have this army, the army has each other. And the, it limits the president. There are things the president can't say or do because of donors, because of interlinking. He didn't have that. So it's a weakness for him. He goes in. He can't stand the government like another politician would but it's a strength he he can pull the plug on programs that otherwise he might have been stopped or hesitated from doing that's another factor that's worked for him to do these things
0: but yet there are times when there are strong willed and strong minded individuals that he has put in prominent jobs like Rex Tillerson Mm -hmm. like Jim Mattis Mm -hmm. like John Kelly he clashes with them, and then he mm-hmm. clashes with them famously to the point of the relationship exploding at the end. As we sit here right now, John Bolton has a <laughs> book of his own now that has rocked, um, you know, the, the the country from what we know of what's included in the manuscript, and and you know could have had disastrous implications Absolutely. on his impeachment trial. May still does does this does the Trump style. Burn out after a
1: while, no, especially I, he, if he's met with somebody of of his own ilk. He wants it. I mean, I I interviewed at length with Jared about this. He knew Bolton uh, disagreed with him on all of these things when he brought him in. He likes a good argument. He wants you to come in and argue with him, and he wants to convince you, but he wants to hear your argument, so he's not afraid of being opposed. So, And you know, people say the turnover is so great. Actually, as a student of history, I can show you the numbers. Jimmy Carter had six secretaries of the Treasury. The turnover is not quite as great as uh, the media makes it out to be. All right, We're
0: going to talk more about this with uh, Doug Weed
1: here on Fox 5's On the Hill podcast.
0: You're listening to the On the Hill podcast from Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Our guest this time, Doug Weed. He's the author of a new book, Inside the White House. And uh, Doug, we've been talking about these relationships that uh, President Trump has with some of his top aides, his secretaries, his cabinet members and stuff like that. But what's interesting about this administration is that there are two individuals who are senior advisors to this president who are not just administration officials of their family. And we're talking about, of course, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Um, when you look at Ivanka Trump and you look at Jared Kushner, they seem to be very different individuals from Donald Trump. Is is that true or a behind-the-scenes Are they more disalike than they are alike? Because at the surface, Trump seems like this hard charging in your face. I'm going to sock it to you kind of (laughs) guy. Jared Kushner seems a lot more genteel, quieter. So does Ivanka Trump. They seem very similar, which is probably good when you're married to a person. But how does that relationship work where on the outside it looks like they're so different?
1: I tell you, at the core, they're all hard driving. They are. I mean, yeah. Ivanka comes in, you know, she's an Amazon. She towers over you. She's brilliant, which kind of, it's like getting kicked in the stomach. You're blown away by her vocabulary, her brilliance, her poise. Then she's beautiful on top of that. And then the next wave hits you. She's humble. It, it just, it blows you out. I mean, Donald Trump himself told me that when they would try to close a deal in business, that before they could sit down at the table, at the boardroom table, Ivanka would have closed the deal while they're still walking towards the table. Jared is brilliant. He is brilliant. For one thing, he, he's he's got abs. He's a tough guy that gets out there and runs every day. That surprised me a little bit. But... He's brilliant. i tell you a quick story about Jared that'll illustrate. When, the, when they first became President Trump, the kids traveled all over the world and heads of state would pull them aside and they would say, please tell your father, we're so sorry he's going through this Russian collusion nonsense. When I heard that story, Tom, I was just amazed. Of course, if you're the president of France or you're the prime minister of England, if you're Benjamin Netanyahu, you can't wait two years for the Mueller report. Your country depends on knowing, is he the president, a spy? Your economy has to know. Netanyahu picked up the phone, called Mossad, and said, I need to know by 6 p.m. tonight, what in the heck is this story in the New York Tribune about? They can't wait two years. So that's the role that a Jared could play. He can bring that message home, say, Dad, don't worry about it. The world knows what's going on.
0: But clearly they have irked some of the people who left. And I'm thinking about Steve Bannon right now, and to a certain extent, rice previous as yeah. well too you know there are members There's of administration complex. that you will have rivalries with in administration it's hard to 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 get over on somebody when they're family members of the person you're all 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 working for so is their role today still to deliver hard truth to this president or is their role to insulate this president
1: no they truth. deliver hard truth and they a good example is the is, the israeli uh, when they moved the embassy to jerusalem they they there was a strong chance of war everybody believed there'd be a war and so the the family came in and they argued with trump and they gave their arguments and then he made his decision and once he made his decision they fell into line and again and again again and again tom his decision has been right and the decision of the Pentagon experts or the decision of the economists uh, has been wrong. And sometime the decision of the family has been wrong and he has been right. So they have a respect for him that, I, uh, that surprised me a bit. They talk, the family, talk together constantly all day long by text. They know that there's a bit of a savant, a genius there in their father that, uh, that's hard to explain.
0: Talk to us about Melania Trump because as first lady, um, it's a role like I would say not only in the United States but it's like a role like none other around <laughs> the world isn't that the truth you know you are <laughs> kind of tied to the administration but also you're expected to kind of have your own uh, pl- platform as well too uh, even though she had spent years as a spokesperson herself it's it's not a role I think that probably comes easy to anybody until it's thrust upon them that's right how, how has melania trump uh transformed in in this role over the last three years yeah i think she's
1: (laughs) she's born for this role because she's a model she has poise and the one thing that uh, that many people miss she has maturity she's mature kids can boo her from the audience and she won't lash back or pout she'll smile, she'll say she understands them, she'll defend them, that's maturity, that's different. When she has the publisher of Vogue uh, so clearly ignore her when the whole world is wanting to know what she's wearing and why, and Vogue spurns her, and her response is kind and poised. That's, there. I get many letters from people who say that Melania stole the show in my book. There's so many funny stories. Sometimes when they sit down to dinner in the evening, uh, Donald Trump will say, Melania, honey, isn't this great, this adventure I am br- brought you on? If it weren't for me, you wouldn't be the first lady. Aren't you glad I've taken you on this adventure? And she says, oh, sure. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. So they tease each other quite a bit throughout the day about the horror of what they're going through.
0: Um, and she also does not deal with the media in any way close to the way that the president does where if he sees something he will lash back and lash back hard at it either on Twitter or at the microphones she um, is is not someone who directly takes on the media but when she does boy does she get a lot of attention so, Stephanie Grisham, who's the White House press secretary mm-hmm. now, was also the First Lady's mm-hmm. uh, spokesperson. She now has dual capacity. Which in, tells you something. both those roles, yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, which was my question to you. What does that tell you? Because for the first two years of this administration, the First Lady's operation seemed to run pretty smoothly in the East Wing, not so much sometimes in the West Wing. What does that tell you? Uh, that Stephanie Grisham now not only has this portfolio that includes being White House press secretary and the uh, spokesperson for the first lady previously.
1: Yeah, she's loyal. The first lady is loyal to the president and she's not needlessly picky. She isn't uh, in the, you know, I was very close to Nancy Reagan. I served with her on a number of committees and other first ladies would tend to broaden the base of the president by picking on him and by moving to the left. If they're a conservative, they'd be pro-li- pro-abortion or something. Uh, she doesn't do that. She's loyal to him. In almost every interview I had with him, he would bring up her name constantly throughout the interview. Melania this, Melania that. So they're much closer than, than the outside world seems to think. And she's not as critical of him as, as you might expect.
0: The late Michael Deaver, uh, who was one of President Reagan's uh, closest advisors once told me uh, that Reagan's closest advisor was really Nancy Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them were, you know, figuratively joined at the hip and that Nancy Reagan held wide sway over uh, what went on in the Reagan administration. Some of it we know, the you know elimination of Donald Reagan mm-hmm. as uh, chief of staff, and some of the you know we, we don't. Is, is there a corollary there in the Trump White House? Uh, is Melania Trump somebody that the president will necessarily run things by?
1: There's a corollary in this sense. They're all linked and they know it. If Donald Trump goes down, they go down. They being Don Jr. and Eric and Lara and Jared and Ivanka. There's no, there's no way they're going to jump off the ice uh, onto the land. And where does
0: it? And does that come from their their, their business acumen, in that they are brand centric, that you know when I covered Donald That's Trump. That's a good point. You're well, probably right about that. Well, because that. when I first met Donald Trump and when I covered him, you know, in in the 90s in Atlantic City, the brand was the trump hotels Mm -hmm. and that was the brand that Mm -hmm. they were you know interested in in, and talking about and protecting now as president of the united states it, it has that replaced the old trump brand is the new trump brand president trump
1: yes it has jared said the day will come When people will long for Donald Trump and will miss Donald Trump, his decisiveness, his ability to lead, his ability to move through all the BS and get right to the point and the frankness that's so offensive to many people now, people will miss it. And I predict podcasts like uh, this, historians will come back. This this is one of the most amazing times in all of world history. It's
0: interesting to comment to hear from Jared Kushner, though, because is that the suggestion that he believes that people don't? Appreciate him now, even though he is president of the United States, and you know he he might very
1: well likely be reelected. Many people don't, and the one thing we haven't talked about this, the elephant in the room that the president talks about and knows is at the heart of it, is monopolies. There are huge monopolies in this country, and they own most of the media, and they make their money by keeping small businesses out and they keep small businesses out by regulations and they get regulations passed by supporting special social issues of various kinds republican democrat doesn't matter so these monopolies They're the ones, and they're multinational monopolies, and they have deals with China. They're the ones that hate Donald Trump. They're the ones that own the media and go after Donald Trump. It's the small businessmen he's deregulated, and that's ignited the economy, turned around the economy, but those are his enemies. One of the things I always tell people about
0: reading about politics, especially in real time, is that you have got to get lots of different viewpoints on any subject. In order to approach a clear picture of the totalitarian uh, truth in any matter. And I would certainly recommend anybody who wants uh, a, 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 another take on the Trump administration from uh, the in, inside out uh, to pick up uh, Doug Weed's uh, new book. Uh, Doug, we appreciate you coming Thank on you, the Hill this time and we really uh, look forward and wish you all the luck with the uh, with the book.
1: Thank you very much, Tom. All
0: right. We thank you as well for joining us here on the On the Hill podcast. I'm Tom Fitzgerald. We're coming to you from the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. It's the On the Hill podcast. We'll see you next time.
1: Ven a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además, tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde 799 dollars 99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carter's. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día. Es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. en Nochebuena. JCPenney. Celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican
0: exclusiones. Doorbusters se excluyendo de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com.